Welcome to the Diocesan Digest, your favorite source for all things that are going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. This week's episode features Sabrina Evans, our beloved Diocesan Director of Christian Formation. Sabrina retires this week after serving the diocese for the last decade. Most notably, Sabrina has played an integral role in the development of small church Christian formation and helped organize the 2017 Episcopal Youth Event in Oklahoma City. In this episode, Sabrina and I chat about her favorite moments working in the diocese, her passion for children's ministry, and plans for retirement. We thank Sabrina for her commitment and ministry to the diocese. We will miss her greatly. Here is Sabrina Evans. Sabrina Evans, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Um, we are celebrating you this week and your retirement. You have been a very long uh, servant of the Episcopal Church and the ministries of the church, and we just wanted to hear a little about about your career um, and what what you're excited about in retirement. But let's start, give the people a little background about you. You're not from Oklahoma. No. But you've been here for a while. But give us give us a little background where you're from and, and how you came to the Episcopal Church. I um, was born in Birmingham, Alabama, and worked in a couple of churches in that area um, after I finished EFM. Mm. And before that, I spent 10 years as a paralegal in divorce work. So... Um, it, it was a big change to leave from that kind of environment to coming to a church. Um, I spent some time in Nashville at St. George's doing Christian formation there. And they had the uh, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd program, which I got trained in and um, just loved, just loved. And then um, went to Montgomery, Alabama and worked for a couple of years. And I was at Canuga in 2009 and ran into Angela Hawk because she announced that the Diocese of Oklahoma was looking for a Christian formation person. And I had already seen that ad earlier in the year in the Episcopal publication that they don't have anymore. And I asked her a little bit about the job and she contacted um, Jose McLaughlin, the now Bishop in North Carolina. And um, he said if I was interested to go ahead and apply right away. And so I just did. Um, and my attitude was that would be the perfect job. I would love to have that job. But if I didn't get it, I still loved where I was. So I wasn't concerned one way or the other. And uh, ended up coming out here um, doing an interview with Bishop Ed and with Jose and then uh, the staff and then went to camp and then went out to Tulsa and met everyone. And um, right before uh, Christmas, I got a call from Canon Jose asking me, was I still interested? And I said, yes. And he said the bishop would be calling to offer me the job. I was thrilled. I was thrilled. Um, so I came out here in January of 2010. I knew nobody out here at all. In fact, I got lost going to my apartment the first night 
because I got turned around mm-hmm. and I didn't know who to even call because I didn't have anybody's phone number. I did make it home, which I was very <laughs> glad to have happen. But um, it was, um, it's a really unique opportunity to come into a place uh, and to help walk it forward mm-hmm. um, and move in some directions that it had not been taken in the in the past so Mm -hmm. um it was I remember when I pulled up uh came in to interview Jose met me at the airport and we both wore the same kind of haircut (laughs) he had the spiky (laughs) stuff on top and so did I and my first question to him was uh where do you get your haircut (laughs) because it's really hard to find somebody that will cut it like that so um it it was really a good mesh of conversation and Mm -hmm with their vision and the bishop's vision yeah. and um, to see what would go next. That's great. So had the diocese had a Christian formation director prior to that? They did. They did. Uh-huh. Uh, she worked from home a lot okay. uh, and uh, was doing a, a lot of the programming that I inherited. Yeah. Uh, so it was just uh, easier sometimes to have someone in the office as opposed right. to working from home. Right. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, what's been your favorite thing about working in the diocese? And what have you liked about the diocese as compared to other places you've been? I got a bigger picture of the church uh-huh. than working in a parish. Right. Um, it, it's been um, exciting to see things happening here. Um, I probably would have never been to a, um, a powwow in yeah, Alabama. Right. So my first time to go to one and watch Bishop Ed dance. The honor dance. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, to be involved with a Hispanic congregation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and to help set them up for success for the future. That's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, my job was to help make other people successful, mm-hmm. providing tools and, and uh, resources that they could use that would help them move their program forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, been to almost every church in the diocese my first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get very strange conversations. Somebody would ask me, well, does the bishop know you're here? And I kind of thought, she said, well, we know he sent you here to check on. I said, no, he doesn't even know where I'm at. <laughs> so just being able to walk into mm-hmm. these small parishes and um, worship with them yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, and that makes a difference in building those relationships and right. showing that the diocese is invested in the vitality of our, our all of our churches. Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it it is in the in the diocesan level like more of a bird's eye view than than a local view, but yeah, being able to connect folks to resources that's so so huge. Has there been one? particular part of Christian formation that you're really passionate about over others? Mine has always been small congregations. Uh That's where I started. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first church I did work in spent more on cleaning supplies than they did on formation. Uh, And so you have to learn to be very thrifty. Yeah. um, And to find things that work that are free. Right. Uh, And there's there's plenty out there. You just have to know where to look. But that was that's always been my um, hope and desire is to work with these smaller churches Mm -hmm. um big churches usually don't need help because they have a paid position right and uh, our small churches 
want to do the best they can. Mm -hmm. And so how do you help them have those resources so that they can succeed? Right. Yeah, yeah. That's where your role is so important. So, so important. Do you have any good stories or, like, meaningful moments with any particular communities helping them on something? Um, There's been a – here in Oklahoma City, um, our African-American congregation Mm -hmm. uh, has been a a great joy for me. Um, Mm. That's another one of those small churches that uh, absolutely want to do something, and they have the kids. And so they have several people in their congregation that have worked very hard with me to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Those kinds of successes, um, you just can't measure. Mm -hmm. You just can't measure. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, churches that have the money and have the materials, um, we do train, we'd offer a lot of trainings for people to get involved in things, Mm -hmm. uh, especially with uh, godly play. Um, And that's, that's an important group of churches um so that they can continue to do their work mm-hmm. uh, but it's just the just the one-on-one yeah just the one-on-one yeah um I never felt like I was an outsider mm. um people were always willing to uh, open up and share and tell you what they what they see as their problem mm-hmm. um but it's it's always nice to to walk with them and be successful in something, mm-hmm. and then be able to go back and say, "Y'all did a great job." Right. So. Right for sure. I remember getting to know some of our little churches, and you were the first name they'd bring up. You know, oh, Sabrina's in, been here, and we've worked with Sabrina on this, and so yeah. you, you're yeah. definitely a, a really important person for folks ministries. I know across the diocese. Where do you see the future of Christian formation going and what, what excites you? And then as you, you know, you're kind of closing that chapter, but what are some things that just in terms of your profession that you think are changing? I, yeah, I think um, Zoom, Sunday, mm-hmm. meet, Sunday worship. That's a game has, changer. It is. It is. And I continue to see that being important. I yeah. hate to think of any of our churches stop doing that. Right. Um, you know, I'm moving out of state, but I intend to watch a local church right. when I'm there because we won't have a church family to begin with. Right. So to, to make sure that people recognize how important that is, mm-hmm. um, I've, I've seen more churches shifting with their um, understanding of what children's ministry is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not feeding them cookies and, and um, doing a craft every Sunday. There's, there's more to it, um, to seeing children involved in the church itself, mm-hmm. uh, serving as uh, lay readers or as ushers um, to make them really a part. Right. Um, and so those are the kinds of things where we, if, where we move um, will definitely make the church bigger and better because Mm -hmm. kids are going to be there if you've got kids and how do you make them a part of of the Sunday worship right um it's very important to them yeah um they they want to be the acolyte they want to carry the biggest cross uh because their brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. have done it and 
to have them do that. And even if they don't do it perfectly, mm-hmm. knowing it's okay that they have been a part of worship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite moments, even when I was in Nashville or at, um, at Grace, where there's a female priest and the, their kid, you know, the kids are usually always more affectionate or tied to the mother. And it's just so cool. I love when the little kid runs up to the altar when the female priest is celebrating. And it's just just like this beautiful moment of the kingdom of God just in full kind of force of creativity and... Right. I, I don't know. It's yeah. just there's something to that, having a child running around in the most sporadic of ways. You know, it seems chaotic, but it's like this is... It's mystical. Yeah. There's a mystery that's, that's going on. That's it. Uh, the child does not feel the altar is not a place for them. Right. The child comes to the yes. altar with joy. Right. Uh, and so those are the kinds of things that when they happen... Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's, right. it's a thing. Yeah. Um, and we should really cherish those things as they continue to grow and uh, become more of our part of our church. So, yeah. 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 I think that's one of the coolest things about our church is just that openness. And there's not usually, you know, a, a rail separating us from the, the table, but it's open. Right. It really right. is. And yeah. that's, that's a beautiful symbol and a beautiful thing to witness. Um, so what are you uh, looking forward to in retirement? What are you all going to do out there in Alabama? Because you all are moving back to Alabama. Right. Uh, we're going to Mobile, Alabama. Um, my in-laws lived there and had a house, and they are both um, deceased. And so we're going to move into that house. Um, all of our children are on that side of the Mississippi River. Mm. So um, I've got one that's going to be across the bay in Pensacola, and I have mm-hmm. one in northern um outside of Birmingham in Alabama. And then the other one is in Greenville, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to be able to have them in close proximity again yeah. will be very nice. For sure. Um, we have not had that in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one thing. The other is um, the house that we're going into is was built in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And nothing major has been done to it since the 1950s. And so there are some things like um, blue bathroom tile and pink bathroom tile and wallpaper that matches that are going to have to um, go away, uh, just remodel the, the things. Um, it, it, it was great for my mother-in-law, and it was great when we were there, but it just doesn't work for our house right at this time. So some house remodel. Mm-hmm. Um, I really hope that... Um, after I run out of things to do, uh, maybe to connect back up with the bishop down there and mm-hmm. see what I might can do with that. Um, and then I am starting um, spiritual direction school. Mm. Um, my first meeting is at the end of May, um, and it's a two-year program. So I will be involved with that. Great. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's a whole new thing. And uh, I really want to look at doing it with children. Mm. How can children feel the same thing that adults do? Because we know they do. And just start talking about it. Right. You know, just start wondering and start, right. you know. And I think all the things that I've done with catechesis and, and godly play uh, and prayer styles that I've attempted, 
journal writing, all, yeah. of, all of those things yeah, yeah, yeah. kids can do. For sure. And I don't think we take the time to teach them those things. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty excited about that opportunity. Um, yeah, we'll see that if, sounds we'll really see cool. What happens? Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's really cool. And and um, let's see. And your husband will be with you, right? And he's um, he's been involved. Talk a little bit about Chuck. He's been really involved in in ministry here in Oklahoma too, he, right? He has. He's done prison ministry. When we came from Alabama and Tennessee, both, he was very heavily involved in Kairos. Mm-hmm. And um, once we got here, he picked it back up. And then, um, of course, with COVID, no one's gone in mm-hmm. and everything will have to be restarted. So um, I'm not sure how that's going to happen. I know we won't be here when it gets restarted. Right. But there are prisons in Alabama. And sure. so we'll find a place that that he feels comfortable with. Mm-hmm. He is finishing his third year of the second track of EFM. He's already oh, completed okay. it once, and now he's using the new materials, and mm-hmm. so he's um, enjoying that also. Yeah. So I suspect he'll finish up um, with his online class here in Oklahoma after we get moved. Right. So, right. yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Um, what we all miss most about Oklahoma? This is going to sound strange. The wind. The wind? Really? I love the wind. I'm so sick of it half the time. (laughs) I, um, you know, when I first came out here, the Mm -hmm. wind was one of the things I noticed. Jose asked me, he said, when we were leaving, and he was taking me towards the hotel so I could catch that shuttle back to the airport in the Mm -hmm. morning. And he said, do you have any more questions or concerns or haikus? And I went, well, and so I just wrote a haiku and I just sent it to him the next day and I said, here you go. And it had to do with the wind blowing up my skirt because I sure <laughs> didn't expect that out here. Uh, weather is, is pretty much like Alabama. Yeah. Now in Mobile, it's going to be a little different because we will have humidity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the wind, I, I just, to me, that, that is, um, especially if you've got a wind chime. And yeah. that's the Holy Spirit blowing right. through there. So that's that holy music. Yeah. Um, I just, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, and you were part of St. Augustine's community here right. in Oklahoma City. Right. And the other interesting thing about you, I forgot to mention this earlier, you've been really involved with like a ministry of being a clown. Yes. Tell us how you got into that, and what's that been like? Um, When we were in Nashville, I found someone um, online that was teaching clowning at one of the junior colleges, Mm -hmm. and I said, I got to go. It just sounded like so much fun, and I went through the six-week class and loved it and got a professional outfit Mm -hmm. and a professional face so that my whole self changed into somebody I was not yeah and I was able to play uh I was able to um do things that I didn't think I would um face painted a lot yeah uh and then while I was there there's a state uh place that has housing for um a retirement home and then for facilities for people that need help and some short-term care type thing and in the summer, this particular community had all the kids that wanted to come. They would provide childcare for their parents, for the kids during the summer. And so we did a six weeks clown class mm-hmm. there. And um, 
were nominated from the uh, health group that regulates nursing homes and, and facilities like that for an award. And so our group went to uh, Gatlinburg for the award mm. and got an award for innovation. Wow. And that was really fun. Yeah. I had a, um, a young man who was in the group that was not one of the family members. He was a resident there. And um, he was always in a wheelchair. And then when we graduated our kids, he walked across the stage to oh, get his wow. diploma. It was just wonderful, just yeah. wonderful. I'd gotten involved here in, in Oklahoma City with Bricktown Clowns. Um, any event that's put on by the state, the Bricktown Clowns were involved in. Mm -hmm. We did uh, opening night. We would do something at the governor's mansion. Uh, we did parades. Um, and, you know, since everything's been like it has, we haven't been yeah. able to do a lot of that. But uh, I, I, I love that. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll figure out some way to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a cool, cool thing to be involved with. Kind of, it makes me think of like you said, you got to play. You know, like a theology of playfulness and joy, mm -hmm. and how that's often in our culture kind of not really talked about or encouraged in the church or frowned on or frowned on. Yeah, yeah. and that that that's been such a big part of your ministry, especially with kids who we kind of allow to be silly and have a little more fun and play. Right. But as an adult to bring fun and play to, to different spaces to literally cheer people up. And that's a, that's a whole different ministry. Yeah. It's, it is an innovative ministry. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I could think you going into like nursing homes or, you know, cancer facilities or things like that. Where folks just need some joy. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That presence and that spirit is, that's a real gift. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Sabrina, we're going to miss you. Well, thank you. I'm going to miss y'all. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun working with you. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, but I'm, I'm so pumped you get to go back to your home state, be around your family. Right. Right. That's important. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it is. Yeah. It is. But that's what's so cool about the Episcopal Church is that we're all connected no matter what, you know. Especially with technology. Yeah. There's just no losing where we came from. That's right. So. That's right. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Be sure to sign up for the Diocesan Newsletter at our website, epiok.org newsletter. And follow us on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date on what's going on in the Episcopal Diocese of Oklahoma. See y'all next week, and peace be with you.